Welcome back to our podcast. This is our second episode for the Whole Health Couple. Hi, welcome. Hello, I'm Tyler. I'm Leanne. Today we wanted to talk about caretaking and how it gets more stressful and difficult as time goes on. Like at first it's it seems so simple and manageable, but as the weeks go by and the months it, it becomes something bigger and more daunting. Um, when we first brought Sandy, Leanne's mother, to come live with us, it was a big shock for her and a change of, of lifestyle for her. Um, but it, it wasn't too tough on us, I don't think. No. Her doctor had told us when we were moving her from Charlotte to Colorado that we should expect a pretty drastic decline, but we really didn't see that other than she just would forget to shower, but that was the worst of it, I think. And then as soon as we got her back on track with that, it seemed pretty easy. Yeah. Did she forget to, would she, would she say she wasn't hungry and stuff when she was first with us? She would think she had eaten and not have eaten. And it was really more if we had somebody else helping us, um, because we knew that she would or wouldn't eat. I had started to make little treats for her, but, um, a lot of times she would forget that she had eaten or had not eaten and say that she had. And so her blood sugar would drop drastically low. But we man, we got a handle on that too. Just kind of a, a learning curve for everybody because we really had no idea at the time that we brought her home with us that, you know, what the parameters were gonna be in her memory loss as far as what was she gonna remember to do and what wasn't she gonna remember to do and what was right that she was telling us and what wasn't right that she was telling us and understanding, you know, kind of how her mind works with the memory loss. I had been around my grandmother who had Alzheimer's, but I never was a caregiver for her. So when you're not around it 24 hours a day, it's kind of easy to be like, oh, you know, she forgot or she just has dementia. But to be around it 24 hours a day and be trying to make sure someone's health is staying in good quality. That's a different story. Yeah, we couldn't really take what she said <clears throat> and we couldn't trust it completely. We'd have to observe everything else. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially when it came to eating, you couldn't trust her that she wasn't hungry right. or that she ate. Right, a lot of times, even now, a year later, she'll tell us she's not hungry because she thinks it's a burden for us to fix her something to eat. When yeah. her stomach is growling and we can audibly hear it. Um, <laughs> But, you know, so it's just little things like that. Or if she thinks that we're upset with her about something, she will say that she doesn't want to have food because... She doesn't want to sit down with us She doesn't us want to eat. sit down with us, yeah. The, that, that part wasn't so bad, but in either were all the little tiny things like her... We, we don't like to wear shoes in the house or outside shoes and bring them inside. So, like, that little, that little thing was very hard. It still is. It's been, Yeah. It's, it's still impossible to just, we have to remind her every single time we come back from inside or sometimes she'll just walk outside in our slippers and just yeah. go walk around in the backyard. But in her defense, she does have memory loss, but she's also 69 years old and has never had to take her shoes off when she goes in her house. It's just not something that she did That's or true. I did growing up. It's completely opposite of how she lived the first 69 years of her life, so. Cleanliness wise though too, like with dishes. <laughs> yeah. We can't, I cannot, she's, it's impossible to get her to put something in the dishwasher. Yeah. And a lot of times she thinks if she turns the water on hot and just runs hot water on something, it's clean. And yeah, she'll dry it off with a paper towel or her hand or her hand. Yeah. (laughs) 
and then put it away, you know, and I can't get mad at her for that mm-hmm. because there's no way to rectify it. There's no way to teach her. Yeah. And if, and if it, all the times that I've tried in the past, I always felt terrible. I always felt like a jerk later on. Well, yeah, like because all person. it does is make her feel inadequate or she, yeah. like you're upset with her. So it, it, it is such a tricky, tricky disease to... Not only am I frustrated, but I feel bad. It's like I'm I'm mad at myself and I'm mad that it's it's something that can't be fixed. Right. It's just it's this loop that yep. people can get stuck in. Yeah. And those sorry, go ahead. Babe. We found ourselves getting, you know, going through these little mini phases where we're just super agitated so easily and you know of course we don't want her to see it because we don't want her to think that we're upset with her but most of the time it just is because of the this consistent lifestyle that we've chosen to live and you know when we decided to do this we had no idea what we were getting into no idea i mean you just don't know and there's that obligatory feeling with family especially and i am my mother's only living relative outside of my daughter um And it was, do we put her in a home in Charlotte? Do we put her in a home here? And after watching the decline of my grandmother, my conscience wouldn't live with that. Because I know that Alzheimer's is very diet related and they'll let you eat whatever you want in a home. And so I was so torn and Tyler was so generous in spirit to say, yeah, let's bring her here and we'll, we'll care for her. But again, you know. We had no idea. We had no idea that she wouldn't remember really who I am. She knows she's my mother, but has no memory of my my childhood or my adult life at all where it relates to her. Our generosity continues, but it's still tough. Like the past couple days, I was in a very visible funk. Just from, you go through these, these waves where everything's totally fine, it's manageable, but then there might just be like one thing that, that tips you over the edge. Yeah. And just makes you really realize the gravity of the situation. And you snap back. I'm fine today. I feel great today. Yeah. But the past couple of days was just like a very weird place to be in. So lots of writing and introspection, and which is good because it always leads to some self-realization. And I mean, I, that's some. That's you got to extract some of the good from the bad. And that's definitely yeah. a good thing. Is learning more about yourself and becoming stronger. But it's just those little things that people come into our home. And they can see the situation from their point of view, and it seems totally manageable yep. and easy. They don't know what it's like for a year. It's like do it for a year, yeah, and then may- maybe your mind might your mind might change, or even do it for a few months. I mean, or, it's just a very different. Yeah. It's a very different perspective because it's like taking care of a small child. Because in a lot of ways, that's where her mind goes as to where her her life was in her childhood. But you can't discipline. Yeah. You can't just hire a babysitter to come take care of that person so you can go out and do things because there's so much more to somebody who has Alzheimer's and the care that needs to be given to that person than there is to a child. A child can typically remember if they ate, if they bathed, if they, if they, you know, let the dog out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And in my mom's case, she can't remember those things. So it's a very different perspective that I don't think anyone really understands until they go through it. Yeah. Nor, nor, I mean, I'm, and when I say like, oh, you don't know what it's like, do it for you. I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to make it seem like we're better in any way. Oh, no. Because there's, there's times where we're just like, why, why did we do this? Why are we doing this? And yeah. 
we don't wish it upon anybody, nor I was reading yesterday someone saying that they would not blame anybody for not wanting to do it yeah. and finding professional care for their family member. Yeah. It's totally understandable. It's funny because when my grandmother got sick, my mom told me she did not want me to care for her. She wanted me to put her in a home. <clears throat> and then watching how quickly my grandmother declined going into a home, you know, <clears throat> I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And I posted a blog yesterday on our website about having not have a, had a good relationship with my mom through most of my childhood and adult life. Like we got along okay in my adult life, but we're not, we were never close. Um, and so it was a knee jerk reaction. And I do believe some form of divine intervention that made me want to bring her here because I just always thought I'd throw her in a home somewhere <laughs> and walk away. <laughs> well, there's different levels of it. Like the home that your grandmother was in mm-hmm. was not, a good place like it wasn't no. it wasn't like a professional high quality of life it was like you just you're they're kind of keeping you alive yeah yeah that's exactly what it was yeah but it, then we look at pricing for the homes that they have here locally and it's in, impossible i mean it's sad like you want to send them to a place where they're going to be not only taken care of just physically but like mentally emotionally mm-hmm. and quality a, of life yeah the quality of life the quality of the environment's really nice and yeah the staff's there for you and it's a place where you're you're comfortable like morally inside mm-hmm. having her there being able mm-hmm. to visit but when you're not there you know she's like totally taken care of and yeah. but it's sad that to find something like that it's mm-hmm. hardly anyone can afford something like that oh i know you have to be relatively wealthy to afford it um the last place that we talked to was starting at $7,000 a month. And that was just for the memory care unit and the bedroom, basically. And then you had to add on top of that, the medical care, you know, the administration of pills and oh, things didn't like that. didn't include all that? Nope. Oh, oh. yeah. <clears throat> nope. It was just astronomical. It's steep rent. So you're looking at probably closer to $10,000 a month by the time it's all said and done. And then, you know, who has that kind of money? When well, you're t- our age, paying a mortgage and the typical family can't. It's all that it kind of goes back to the <clears throat> the individual. It's like, well, they should have built up a solid retirement for something like this. Yeah, that she has retirement, it, but... but it wouldn't cover that for that that cost for a year no. or two. But I do wonder why it's so expensive. Because to <sighs> rent to rent a the... room that big and just anywhere <clears throat> else, it's nowhere near that. Yeah, It'd be like seven hundred bucks. I know. I don't know. I think because the demand is so high now, the dementia rates are growing at an astronomical rate in our country and in the world. And it's possible. They it's supply and demand. They need people need the the space, and companies know they can charge that money. And there's not a lot of those high quality places. Yeah, that's true. Most of them are. There are plenty that are lesser expensive, but this particular place, which is right down the road from our house, offers a lot of daily activity and walking and things that a lot of other places don't. Again, like Tyler said, they just are there to keep them alive. This place is there to bring health to their life. So yeah. when I was doing IT work for the facilities, we, we, most of the facilities we did work for were those high quality, almost like long-term care resorts. Yeah. That's kind of what they were like, like gourmet restaurants and food. And there was like a bar and a full salon. I mean, they were, if you didn't know it was a memory care unit, if they didn't have like the nurse stations and mm-hmm. stuff, you'd think it'd be like a nice hotel. Mm-hmm. But then I also have a really good friend who, you know, her career was being director at 
assisted living facilities with an emphasis on dementia. And no matter how high-end they were, you still look at the food budget that they would have, and they wouldn't they wouldn't put a focus on the proper diet. The proper diet, and so these people would still eat as much trash, carbs, and sweets as they wanted to, because it was cheaper. And that was another reason that I really struggled with putting her in a home because yeah. the diabetes that she already had, her blood sugar being so high, I just couldn't couldn't bring wrap my mind around putting her in a place that would kill her quick. But they kind of, <clears throat> you also can't force somebody to eat what they don't want to. I think if they're the, and especially if they're that, if they're that deep into the disease. I know we have learned that at the stage like, she's at do? right now, but I do believe that if she was just eating sugar all the time or carbs all the time, it would definitely speed up the progress. Absolutely. Yeah. She'd be gone. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm not saying just feed them pure sugar for their whole diet, but I think they should still, it's like, all right, man. Like we saw that picture a while ago, that guy eating a big cake. Oh, yeah. And at the time, we were thinking, what the hell so are you pissed. doing? You're feeding them the same stuff that <laughs> contributed to this disease. But, but like, as we learn more. The guy's, what was he, in his 90s? I can't remember. 80s or 90s, yeah. But like, let the guy have a piece of cake. It's all right. I mean, there's there's yeah. there's a balance. And there's we've even balance. gotten to where we'll let mom have, <clears throat> excuse me, a, you know, a sweet treat usually once a month that is... Not something that I've baked for her using Swerve, but the authentic thing because it's one thing that she really misses. She loves ice cream, although we know we can't buy ice cream and bring it in the house because she'll eat the whole thing. Eat the whole thing in a day. Yeah. But um, you know, a little piece of cheesecake or something from one of our local coffee houses, or a blueberry muffin. You know, every but that's a once a month thing, and it's like truly a special treat for her. And, and for she, a little while, I felt guilty about doing it until we learned that once you're past early stage, there's no true reversal. So we've slowed down the progress, I believe, 100%, but we can't reverse it. We can't make her memory come back. We can't make her memory come back. We're just trying to give her a good quality of life. Yeah. But if we were just to feed her a terrible diet, it would make her quality of life go down because then her disease Quickly. would progress even deeper. Yes. Then I, I don't want to... Get to that point where yes. she truly forgets how to chew or something like you know yeah. what I mean. Like I don't want. To I mean, eventually it will probably happen, but we're trying to make that long from now, yeah. not yeah. not in the near future. And the amount of treats we give her as like you know the special occasions, yeah, that's not going to having that is not going to th- accelerate it you know into a deeper level the right next stage. Right. I mean, another big thing too is while living with her is not it becomes you you learn how to kind of navigate it and manage it but it's still super distracting like even when we're trying to do anything like your job or my job focusing on something reading there's always this little part in your mind thinking about her especially when you hear a noise anything in the house like a bang or you hear the dog run out and she's barking and then you know that sandy's going to go out there and try Mm -hmm. to get the dog in it's just your mind starts running, pulls you away from yeah. your focus. Yeah. It, it is truly a 24-7, or at least while she's awake. It's it's consistent. There's no real break in the day where you're not constantly listening or wanting to check up and make sure. And it's not, again, it's like having a very small child in the house. You just want to make sure she's not going to do anything that hurts herself or hurts her dog. or Burns the house down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so it's little things like that. I don't really ever worry about her trying to cook because she doesn't cook. But um, well, and the nice thing is we have that gas lock on the stove. Yeah, and she doesn't. Thankfully, she does not get up in the middle of the night. No, not not at this point. She's she's pretty confined to her room, and she goes to bed relatively early. Last night she was up late because we had company, but. Um, usually, you know, shortly after we finish dinner or as soon as it starts to get dark, actually, because now that it's getting dark later, she's going to bed later than she normally That's would. true. I mean, That's during true. the winter, 530, we'd finish dinner and she'd go to her room because it was dark outside. And then once the time change happened, yeah, you're right. So she's you're staying right. up later and later. But, you know, I mean, she still goes to her room and gets in her bed with her dog and watches TV. And I mean, she's very, very routine based and very, um, but she, you know, the the really cute parts of it all is she loves living here. She tells us all the time how much she loves this house, and it is the nicest house that she's ever lived in. She tells us how much she loves being with us and how much she loves us and how grateful she is. So, I mean, there, there are definitely upsides to it, but at the same time, we can't just up and go to the store or up and go to dinner or, you know, we really have to plan any activity that we want to do around making sure that she's cared for or going to be okay while we're gone and we can't be gone more than a couple of hours um, and leave her home alone. So, I mean, it, it is a lot. It is so much more than what we realized we were signing up for. It is. It's She she is very sweet. I mean, it's very rare she'll get upset. Yeah. Which is, I know that's not the case with a lot of other people. Yes. So, but it's still the, your entire life is consumed and, and revolves around her. Yep. Like everything we want to plan or do, we do have to take her into account. Yep. And it's not, it's not a, you know, completely destructive to her life, but it is, oh. it's a huge burden in, in a mental sense. Like yeah. physically, it's not difficult. Yeah. She, she, and again, thankfully, we're not to the point where we have to like help her bathe and brush her teeth and like do things for her that she does now. Right. But it's still, uh, it's still mental. It's definitely mental. Yep. And when in the beginning, especially like keeping for me, keeping my cool. Which was it would be shocking to any of you who know Tyler. He's always just been the super even keel guy, and this is. Kind of the one thing that's come into his life that's given him a test of patience. Me too, but I'm, I've always been an impatient, short-fused person. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been a big experience for me. And I've become much more patient. But um, yeah, it's, it. you know, I think for, for me, it's my mom. And <clears throat> being a Southern person, you take care of your family. That's just what you do. And that's where my head is at, but I encourage you to go read the blog that I wrote yesterday because you'll understand what, why this is really such a big deal. You'll have a little better understanding that we brought her into our home because, or better yet, go check out the book that I wrote that's on our website because it's called Sugar Brain and it goes into quite a bit of detail about my childhood. So, um... I'll put all the links and everything up in the descriptions. Yeah. So now we're just kind of sitting back and doing the best we can. We're obviously just like most of the rest of the country quarantined anyway. So we can't really go anywhere or do anything at the moment. But um, we are starting to look at in-home care at least because we can't afford to put her in a quality home. So we're looking at some in-home care to start getting some help. That way we're not quite so tied down to 
making sure everything in the house is ship shape. We can have some help with that. Mm -hmm. More like a house manager. Yeah, yeah. We have the space, which is nice. We do. It would be good to find somebody who can just be here for us. Yeah. But it's also difficult. I mean, you got to find someone you trust to live in your home. Yeah. You don't know. That's yeah. that's a big that's a big thing. We've never yeah, rented a room big. to anybody or anything like that. So this is like. Yeah. And I'm pretty picky about you know I want it to be somebody who can actually relate to my mother because she gets along with people that are closer to her age. So. Yes. We'll see. Something will come along. I do believe that in the time that it's supposed to. And in the meantime, we'll just continue to talk to you guys and each other and write a lot and then see what happens. Yeah, it's funny when you said that about me being even keel. And then this is like that one thing that's been testing me. I never thought about that. And that might be the reason, one of the reasons of why I was I would get frustrated at myself. It's because throughout the past... Very, very rarely would something break my... Spirit? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> my cool. Yeah. Yeah, all, you, all your friends used to tell you all the time that you're that guy that they're just waiting for you to explode because well, the... nothing ever bothered you that bad except dirty floors. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But then, then if something did, something really serious would have to happen to, yeah. to make me angry or something like that. But this has just been such a consistent thing with me yeah it's really put put that to the test yeah and but i'm also grateful to have been tested because i think i think we're better better than we were before we brought her in oh Therapy. just yeah just i mean the growth that's taken place with us internally that's what I meant, growth yeah, yeah. We've, we've grown a lot a, a ton and ironically enough it seems like every time tyler and i go through anything that is something that you would think could bring somebody apart, bring a, a couple apart. It always seems to bring us closer together. And you guys, we've had eight months of our time together since we've been living together where we've actually lived alone. We have always opened our doors to people, which we're not willing to do again. <laughs> we have had three different people live in our home apart from my mother. Um, Family and, and friends. Family, you know. family and close friends. And um, that, you know, that was us trying to help those people get on their feet when they moved to Colorado. And we, you know, we have no resentments or anything about that. But, like, we have just really tried to be this, I don't know what you would say, um, this couple of people who wants to extend a hand to, to somebody who's in need. I mean... Even though it's not helping the homeless or, you know, feeding somebody at a food bank or something like that, we've still tried to extend our hand to people who need us. But those were short term. Those were six month stints. And then at the end of the last six month stint, or no, actually at the end of the second six month stint, we brought my mom here. And then we ended up having another person come live with us. And it's just been so much in such a short period of time that... You just have to almost laugh about it and find ways to just be goofy and silly. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, so now it is just the three of us. And it's not terrible, but it just, you know, we, we realize that we have not given ourselves a fair chance at just solidarity and serenity alone. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to have that, especially wanting kids. So here mm -hmm. we are. And it's not to completely change topics or anything, but for you, for me, it's it's not so difficult because I have a different relationship 
with your mother yes. compared to you. Like she is your mother. So, but at the same time with this disease, she's kind of not. Right. I was reading also like when you bring in a family member who has a form of dementia, they're your family member, but they're also your patient. Which is kind of easy for me to recognize because she doesn't remember, remember my childhood. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's every now and again, if I bring something up, she'll say, oh yeah, I remember that. And she might actually remember it. But most of the time she has no memory of my childhood. And a lot of times I still think she confuses the relationship, the relation to her or to other people in our family. Um, she forgets that I'm her mother's granddaughter and, you know. Yeah, it's weird. She'll conf- it's hard for her to keep track of multiple lines of uh, information yeah. at once. Like, while she still can take care of herself in a sense, mm-hmm. she can't eat, she can't cook and stuff, but right. she can't follow complex storylines or conversations. No. It's very one track, yep. and then there's hardly any details that can be attached to it. Correct. And like you said, for you, she can be talking to you. And Becca. So, like, Leanne and her daughter. Like, my daughter now, too. Yep. Um, and just in speaking with both of them at the same time, she can forget who's who. Yes. In the sense of who's, how the relationships are. Like, she still knows your name and she knows her name, but mm-hmm. she can, the connection between you two is lost. Right. She actually called me Becca the other day, which was funny. <laughs> <laughs> or when she was talking about her fiancé. And then her, she said his name. Uh-huh. And then not even a couple minutes later, she, she couldn't remember it. his name. Yeah. 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 So we, we try to have fun with it. And we try to... Because comedy is a great way to deal with, is. with hardships. And so. she she's... This is the beauty of it. You know, they say... I don't know if you guys have heard this. I would imagine you have if you're familiar with the disease. But they say when someone has Alzheimer's, a lot of time their personality becomes the opposite of what they were prior to getting sick and my mother was very angry and very um bitter all of my life until she got sick i mean and then she became this person who wanted nothing more than a relationship with me and wanted to be close to me and you know for the longest time i think she's been sick for a lot longer than we realized because i think back now at um how many times that i spoke to her when she was drunk and she would just be wanting so badly to have a relationship with me. But a lot of times she would talk about things that were so inappropriate. This one time I actually hung up on her. <laughs> um, but then, you know, when the disease actually showed its ugly head and I realized that she had full memory loss, she is the sweetest, most kind person. Um, and that's the total opposite of what I grew up with. The total opposite um, so it does make it a little easier because there's that nicety mm-hmm. in her demeanor now that I've never seen before. And she just more than anything wants to make sure that everybody's happy. She just, she's happy if we're happy. And if she sees that one of us isn't happy, then she takes it personal and we yeah. have to sit her down and talk to her and let her know that it doesn't have anything to do with her. And, you know, bless her heart. The other day she was so upset because she thought we were upset with her and came in our room crying because she just thought we didn't want her here. So there's little insecurities that pop into her head every now and again, and that's tough. But then we can talk to her, and then she'll just flip that quick and become the happiest little thing in the world and thank us for the conversation and cry and come up come up a couple times and hug ask for us. hugs. And yep. 
But yeah, whenever she gets in that mood too, we'll know. Like she'll go to her room. Yep. She'll close her door, isolate herself. <laughs> we won't hear from her for a while, and then she'll come back, and she's like, "Well, we're gonna, me and Gabby are gonna pack up and head back to Charlotte." Gabby's her dog. And just then, that's then we know yep. drop everything and start the conversation. <laughs> so that cycles out every couple months. It's when she first moved here. That was about every couple days, and so we've gotten it to where she really does like being here and. Um, the funny thing is she's been here for a year, but in her mind, she's been here for years. So. Yes. It's to the point now where she doesn't want to run away when I ask her to change her shoes. This is true. Because when, we, to when really she first moved in, yeah. you could say, hey, make sure you put your slippers on and take your outside shoes off. Oh. That was like a whole, that, and then that, that would spark a whole thing. Now it's just. Okay. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. So. But another thing too is just if you, ha- for us, we, we've we've tried to have family help us, but it hasn't worked out. Yeah. So if you, I mean, if you're in this similar situation, family can be a useful tool if they're willing to help you. Yeah. But it's it just it won't always work out because. Yeah. We we've tried it and it multiple just, times. Yeah, and it just hasn't worked out. So that's why we're looking for professional in-home care. And if you are listening and you have been in this situation or you are in this situation and you found ways to, to deal with it that have worked coping or getting help or, you know, whatever that may look like, please reach out to us. The whole purpose of this podcast is to connect with people who are going through it and help those who might go through it. So we would love to hear from you. We've got all kinds of social media. We've got email. We'll put all the links in the notes and that way we can, start connecting with some of you guys because we would like nothing more than to have a good, strong support base no matter where you're at. Absolutely. We do, we've read about getting involved with um, support groups and, um, you know, caregiver groups. So maybe we can start something like that too. Yeah, we can do it virtually even because it's hard for us to leave. So (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) We, we wanted to find one locally, but I think creating an online version, just even like a Facebook group, just yeah. something to have everyone just kind of get things off their chest and learn from each other. I think that'd be extremely helpful. Absolutely. Cause it's, it's tough on your own, even with, even with a spouse and a partner, it's tough. Yeah. It'll still be tough. Yeah. So, yeah. but thank you all for listening. We will talk to you next week. Yes. Hope you have a good weekend. Hope everyone's safe and doing all right. Stay home. Save lives. I see that all the time. <laughs> but also, you know, just don't get too overwhelmed and yeah. overthink it. Just just take it easy. Yes. Take it easy. All right. We'll talk to you all later. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye.